Anyway, well, we're going to talk today. I, I've got, I realize that I, I have a, a serious problem when I prepare messages myself. I tend to put about three to four messages in one. And so I did it again today. So we're just going to have to kind of fly through here. And, and I, there's a lot of stuff that I want to cover. But it's easy during the holiday season to get caught up in the hype of buying gifts and fine gifts. It really is. I mean, you can just, it, it just kind of captures you and carries you along and you become part of it instead of being in it, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but maybe, and this is our theme for the whole series this, this, this year in Christmas, December, is that maybe the greatest gift this year isn't what you find out there, but it's actually what you find in here. In other words, there's a gift that God's put inside you that somehow we've got to realize what that is and try to live that out so that we can be the gift that God created us to be to the world. I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole idea. So in week one, we uncovered the truth that every follower of Christ, if you're a follower of Christ today, you have a special spiritual ability that has been given to you by the Spirit of God. You might have more than one. And actually, you've been given this gift not for yourself, but to actually re-gift it. In other words, God has placed a gift in you so that you would be a gift to other people. That's, that's the simple of it. That's what we talked about. Then last week, we talked about how we are gifted to fit in the body of Christ. In other words, we, we make up this puzzle piece that when you put all the pieces together, it is the body of Christ and it works the way it's supposed to. And when, when it does, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so we talked about being the body of Christ and how all the pieces fit together and that we're not to do life as an island by ourselves or for ourselves, but we are gifted to fit within the context of a healthy, living, life-giving body. That's what God created us for. And so we've been talking about those two pieces. And then this week, we're going to talk about the third one. And actually, we've been going through uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and now the first part of 13 and just discussing this whole idea of being gifted. And so this week, we're going to wrap up the series, no pun intended, excuse me, oh, yeah, I'm bringing it today. And, and look at one more aspect of our gift to the world around us. And, and simple, one simple main thought, and it, I think there's a fill in the blank on your notes. We are gifted to love. We are gifted to love. What, what, what an appropriate topic going into the holiday season. I don't know about you, but sometimes holidays can be drama. You know? I mean, just plain and simple. And so this is a great topic for us to talk about today going into the next couple weeks of hanging out with family members that we all love <laughs> gee wow I didn't think we'd get that one <laughs> that we really love you know that it, it, that's it so to learn this and to get a hold of this is really important so of all the things that God gives us the greatest gift is love of all the things that he gives us the greatest gift it's not some cheesy chick flick kind of love but the kind of love that reaches out past our stubbornness, past our rejections, past our rebellions and rebellious attitudes, and embraces us by sending a gift of love in Jesus Christ so that we can fix or deal with the dilemma in our own hearts. I mean, it's an amazing thing. That's the greatest gift that God gives us. He reaches out to us, and he embraces us with this idea of love through Jesus Christ. It is the greatest gift. And so we've got to learn how to try to apply that. Now, 1 Corinthians, where we've been, the last verse of chapter 12, Paul, the apostle, he's talking about this. And he's been talking about, what he, again, he's been talking about spiritual gifts, 
that everybody has this gift, it's a spiritual ability that you've been given by God. And then he goes into the whole conversation about how we're part of the body, that it has to all work together, it's fit together, it's built together, all that kind of idea. And then he comes to the last verse of the chapter and he says this one phrase. He says, I will show you the most excellent way. So he talks about all these amazing spiritual gifts and about how the body, if the body's working together and it's happening the way it is. And he gets to the point, he says, you know what, that's all really cool, but let me tell you the most excellent way. Let me give you a snapshot of what really, really makes it work. And so he kind of gets into that. So all these things point this. And what's he talking about? He's simply talking about the way of love. The way of love. Or a God kind of love. I mean, that, maybe that's a better way to say it. it you know, and here's, here's what I was thinking about in, in regards to this. What's the greatest gift that people need in the world right now? I mean, so many go, well, that's... It's, the, you know, it's, it's somebody there, they're doing this, or, you know, some stuff. But really the greatest gift is an expression of love. I mean, every one of us in this room, if we really just kind of got down and dirty, opened up our hearts and said, what I really want, I want to know that somebody loves me. I want to know that somebody actually cares about me. I want to know that I've got people around me that love me and that I have the opportunity to love them back. I, I, I want to be a part of that. And that's the greatest gift or desire of every person to know that they're loved but then you got to ask the question what is love and kind of filling in some of the blanks here and and a lot of us what happens is we have this twisted idea of what love is i mean and really what happens is we've been kind of sold a a a bill of goods if you will on on how love works i mean you, you watch tv and it tries to define love and usually the way tv defines love is it's this feeling or it's this moment it's this sensation and really, that's so far from being the truth about what real love is all about. That sometimes is an expression of real love, and it can sometimes become part of it, but it's not really what it is. But yet, that's what we've been sold, that some kind of, it's a feeling, it's a moment. Now, in the Greek language, there's typically three words that get thrown out there, if you will, for the word love. First one is eros, where we get our word erotic. It's not typically found scripturally. It's not like a biblical concept that's in there, and it has to do with more of the just being led by our pleasures. I, it feels good. I want to do it. That's what I'm going to do. That really doesn't involve love, really. It's more of an animalistic instinct kind of thing. And then the second one, though, is actually in Scripture all, uh, quite a bit, and it's called phileo. Uh, and it has to do with this whole idea of brotherly love or affection. And, and matter of fact, the town Philadelphia comes from that word, phileo, right? Okay. And so you get that idea, and it's, and it's in the Bible. So when it talks about hanging out and, and having brotherly love for one another, a lot of times it's that phileo-type love. But the love we're talking about today is actually called agape. Agape. And it's a Greek word, and it's used by Christians. Actually, it was kind of developed by Christians to, to kind of get this idea of what it means because it, it really couldn't be found in other words, and so they kind of began to develop this concept around this Greek word called agape. And, and, it's, and it describes a God kind of love. And that's the love that we need to have today. That's what we're going to talk about. And it's kind of, here's a definition. A love that always seeks the highest good of the other person, no matter what he does or she or has done. Let me just say that again. A love that always seeks the highest good. In other words, I'm always looking into this other person's life thinking, how can we make them win? 
How can, we, how can we be in a position where they win? So when you go in the family situation this week and it's kind of crazy and all that kind of stuff, you're saying, the, the kind of love that I need to have is I'm looking around all the people around me and say, how can I make them win? And so that's the first part of it. Uh, highest good of the other person, no matter what he does and, or no matter what he's done. In other words, I don't go in and I'm keeping score and we're going to talk about that in a minute. We don't go through all those kind of stuff. Instead, we go in there and say, you know what? It doesn't matter what they've done. It's not about what they deserve. Because if it was based on what I deserve with God, I wouldn't have anything either. I mean, that's kind of this whole idea, because it's a God kind of love. Whereas a love that is self-giving, a love that is given freely without asking anything in return. So, I mean, just kind of let that sink in a little bit. Let that thought or that idea of what that kind of love that, that he's talking about is. And so when we begin to see that, we realize, you know what, that might not necessarily be what I've always thought of love. But that's what love is in, as far as in relationship to God is. John, in 1 John chapter 4, he actually gives what is probably by most the ideal description of it. In other words, if you could say, well, hey, somebody, please give me, a, give me an understanding of this. Help me to see what it really is. John actually kind of lays it out in a way that really makes it clear. Let me, let me read through that with you. It says in John chapter 4, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love comes from God. Whoever loves is a child of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not, does not know God, for God is love. In other words, there's this connection to really loving and really being in love and God. I can't, it, it, it's connected. It goes on, and God showed his love for us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. That is what love is. This, I'm, excuse me, this is what love is. It is not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. Dear friends, if this is how God loved us, then we should love one another. And then jumping down to verse 19, we love because God first loved us. And so John, kind of, I mean, he, he gets a hold of this thing. I mean, he says, here's how it's happening. It's, it's this God thing, and there's, there's all kinds of stuff happening. This is, this is message one. How's that, okay? Here you go, right here is this whole idea of what is love. It's agape, it's a definition, but here's a few things from this text right here. First one is this, is love is something you can control. It's not something out of control, it's something you can't control. Matter of fact, it says in that first verse there that we read, it says, let us love one another. And if you kind of unpack that, what it means, let's make a decision that we're going to do this. Let's decide this is how we're going to embark into this relationship. This Christmas season, when we go and hang out with the family, we're going to make a decision that we're going to control and decide to do it love's way. That's how we're going to go about doing it. And so love is something you control. It's an act of the will. It's a choice. And so let us choose to live by love. And what happens many times is we tend to think that love just happens. And it's kind of like you're walking down the street and all of a sudden, man, do you feel that? Something just hit me. I think I'm in love. And we kind of do it that way because we're waiting for the feeling of love when in actuality it's love is something that I can control. Now it's connected though because all these pieces are connected. So then we go to the second one is love has its origins or its beginnings with God. In other words, I can't truly love apart from God in my life. Like wait a minute, a lot of people out there doing good things and kind of acting like, well yeah, they've got a, a, a piece of it. But it's not true and real according to the God kind of agape love that we're talking about today. 
And so this origin thing comes up. It comes from God. God is love. God is the source. It's not something I can manufacture. It's something I get from God, and I choose to control it as he gives it to me. That's kind of how it works. And so I've, I've got this part in this. And so the real deal of love only comes from God. Third one there is this. And so love is something you can, you can control. Love has its origins or its beginnings with God. And then love is an event with God. Love is an event with God. It says in our text there, God showed his love for us. In other words, he expressed it. He, he made it known to us. He, he, he opened our eyes to it. In other words, when Jesus, we're celebrating Jesus coming to earth and landing on the planet to, to invade our world, he did that not because he wanted to rule and reign, so to speak, like power, but to show us something about his character, and that was love. That he came to say, here, I want to I reveal something to you, and it's an event. And all of a sudden we go, man, this is an amazing event with God. And because of that, love is an event with God. God showed his love for it. It's not a thought. It's not just a good idea. Love is the result of a dynamic, growing, living relationship with Jesus Christ. So if I struggle to love, more often than not, if I'm having a hard time, it's because the event that I've experienced with God is struggling. And so when you go into your family situations this week or next week and you're trying to do those things, it's kind of hard. Man, you need to go back to the event. <laughs> you need to go back to that because out of that event is where love comes from. God is love. He revealed it. He, he showed it through Christ. All that happens. So I've got to come back because here's how it works. It is an outward flow. Love, this event, is an outward flow of an inward experience that we've had with Jesus. Let me say that again. It's an outward flow of an inward experience that we've had with Jesus. And so all of a sudden, I've got this thing that I can control because I've experienced God. Now I can, I can release and let this thing go because I've so been changed by an event in Christ. I get it. It makes sense now. And so when you're dealing with stupid, some of you, and you don't put a name on that, and you're dealing with that, all of a sudden now you go, wait a minute, I get it, because God dealt with me, and I was kind of stupid, and he showed me, and he expressed to me in an event of Christ, ah, okay, I, I know this. I've been there. I got the t-shirt. I know what's going on, and so I'm experiencing something in an event with Jesus that now positions me to love the way God wants me to love. Now, next one is this then, is that love is learned at the cross in other words every time you're like well man i had that event god changed my life god i met jesus i i, I realized the love and it became real to me I, i'm in this relationship but as we learn the depth the width and the height of what actually happened in that cross all of a sudden love comes more and more and more and more alive in me for those around me so again, if I'm struggling with love, it's because I'm struggling with the event and the learning of the cross in my own life. And so this year, when you go into Christmas, when you get there, it's like, oh God, I desperately need to see and know what you're doing in my life through Jesus and through the cross and all these things because we are moved and compelled to love by love. It's the greatest motivator. It's the greatest thing that will stir the hearts of people. And so when we set this up, what is love? That's what it is. It's because I have been loved, now I love. Now, let's shift gears to sermon number two. 
All right? It's the importance of love. All right? The importance. Love is important, and we're going back to 1 Corinthians 13. Love is important to making the whole thing work. And every time I read that phrase in my notes, I kept going back to batteries on, on Christmas morning. You better have batteries. This is just your, your warning. Parents, people, buy batteries. <laughs> right? It's what makes it work. You get the gift, this is what makes it work. And, and you understand that. I mean, you, you get that when, when that natural thing. In the gifts and God working through my life, it is love that makes it all work. It's not all the other things. I, I came across this. This is a great little story. How many of you ever been down to Branson to the Passion Play? Anybody ever done that? Anyway, in Branson, Missouri, they do a play called The Passion of Christ. And it's like this ongoing play. And every, every day, Jesus gets crucified and, res- and is resurrected. I mean, it's like this dramatic play. And he's dragging this cross and all this is going on. Well, there's a story that says that one, for a few days this happened. The, the guy was carrying the cross, Jesus, and he was carrying it, some people in the crowd, because it's kind of an open event. One of the guys just mocking and making fun of the guy carrying the cross. And he's just a normal guy like everybody. Well, he gets ticked off, throws the cross down, goes over and starts fighting with the dude in the crowd. You know? And they're like breaking it up. Finally, he picks up his cross and he keeps going on, you know, like that. And the boss goes, dude, you can't do that. You're Jesus in the play. You're messing up the whole play. Well, the next day they come back, and sure enough, there's the same guy. And he, you know, he's carrying a cross. Oh, Jesus, he's all, oh, I'm giving my life for the... And all of a sudden, this heckler guy starts going, you're the worst Jesus I've ever seen. You're the, you call that a Jesus? You can't even act. And he throws the cross down, goes over to the crowd, and starts fighting with the guy again. The boss comes in, what are you doing? <laughs> you're ruining the play. And he picks it up, you know, and he gets done, and he, and he says, you do that again, you're going to get fired. You're going you're to get fired from being Jesus. I was like, wow. Isn't that amazing? Think about that thought for just a second. You're fired for being Jesus in the play. And so he, he's like, oh, man, I want to lose this job. I need this job. And so he, he gets up there. Sure enough, walking down the road, carrying the cross, there the dude is again. He goes, you're the worst Jesus I've ever seen, man. You're pathetic. I can't believe it. And the guy's just gripping the cross. He's holding on to it. And he just looks over and says, I'll see you after the resurrection. <laughs> Isn't that great? Man, I'm bringing it today. Man, I'm getting my Tybo on. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah, anyway, it has something to do with something here. No, I remember what it was. Here it is. We, when love is missing, we cancel out the power and the purpose of the gifts of God in our lives. That's the point. When love's missing, we cancel it out. I mean, in other words, all the things that we hope to accomplish and hope to see happen, when we take love out of the formula, it becomes a big zero. It loses its effect and impact and power and purpose and what it's supposed to do. Love has to be the underlying motivation of all the, or the gifts fail. Love makes the difference between something being powerful in the relationships that you have or it being a dud. I mean, you know, you know the, the dud, right? You know, fireworks, you know, you just spent that, you know, $100 on the big one, you know, and you go and light it, and there was no powder in it. it, it was, something was messed up. And, and in life, in our lives, it's when there's no love, it, it, it's a dud. And so that's the whole point here. So Paul, in 
Corinthians, back to Corinthians 13, he outlines a few things. Let me just see if I can go through it. This is still in message number two. Yeah, there you go. That Paul outlines a few things that love is greater than or highlights the value of them. The first one is this, is love is more important than our spiritual gifts. Love is more important than our spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, it says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, in other words, man, if I could wax eloquently <laughs> spiritually, I mean, if I was gifted spiritually and I had all this going on, and he goes on, he says, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I mean, what a, what a, what a story of a person's life. Yeah, you had all these gifts, but every time you opened your mouth, it just got, yeah, 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 yeah. Every time you went to say something because there was no love in it, it meant nothing. It was empty, it was void. Because it's possible to be really spiritual and come across as just being a noisy gong. Just noise. No impact. Just noise. Blah, 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 blah. Because there was no love. Because there was no concern. There was no true care for the person. And I, I kind of unpacked it a little bit. The idea of a gong, I should have brought a gong up here. But, but uh, maybe I'll do that for the second service. And it, is it... When they would go into the, to the pagan god's worship place in the old days, they actually had this big gong on the door. And they would walk by, and they would gong the gong, and it was supposed to open or open up or wake up the gods. But really what had happened, it didn't do that because it wasn't a real deal. It was just kind of this fake thing, that, a ritual that they would go through. And so after a while, it was just kind of just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. Gong! Gong! And everyone's like, yeah, they're just going through the motions. They're just showing off. And it meant nothing. And so that's what he was talking about. He said, you just become an annoying ritual. And I thought about it. Have you ever been around that person that whenever they start talking about God, it sounds like blah, blah, blah. Why is that? Because love's probably been removed. Love's been removed, and it's just, they're just telling you. They're just telling you. They got this spiritual gift. They want you to know it, and they're just going for it. And I just want to challenge you. Don't be that person this Christmas. Don't be that person. The gift of love is all about building relationships and restoring relationships. It's speaking the truth in love. But so many times, we're just gong, gong, gong. Because we don't really care about him. We just want him to know that we got this gift. And that's what he's talking about. Second one is this. Love is more important than spiritual understanding. The verse reads something like this. If I had the gift of prophecy, or if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Corinthians chapter 8 says it this way. Knowledge puffs up while love builds up. See, in today's world, if you ask most people, if the, what, the, what they think is the answer to life, right? What's the answer? What's the answer? Man, we need to educate, 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 educate. And I think education is great. But I think greater than education is actually what would hap, help most of the problems that we face in the world isn't necessarily more education. Just love. Actually care about somebody. Actually, actually be that, that answer to agape and say, I want to be self-giving, self, you know, I, I'm putting myself aside because I want the highest good of that person. But I tell you what, that'll go a long ways in life. And that's what he's talking about. I say, hey, it's not about how much you know, it's about how much you love. And so he's kind of getting in there and, he, and he's stirring it up a little bit. 
It's possible to be really smart and not be hurt at all. Love is what catches the heart and the attention of people to want to listen in the first place. And really the question then comes back is, do I really care or do I just want people to know they're wrong? Think about it. Do I really care about this person? I just want them to know that I know a little bit more than they do and they don't quite know as much as I do and I just want them to make sure they know that. Because love says, ah, it really isn't about how much I know or you don't know. It's about how much I love you. And out of that is going to come an awareness or openness to hear what is being said in the first place. Third one is this. Love is more important than supernatural power. If I had, if I had such faith that I could move mountains. By the way, this is one of the topics that Jesus talked about a lot in in his life on earth is he always talked about hey you know if you go through and you do all these kind of things and you say well jesus didn't we do this all for you and he goes hey i didn't even know you i, I mean you're doing all these things quote quote in the power of faith and changing the world and all this kind of stuff in my name i don't even know you He's talking about having this faith that god's using me that god's doing these all things because if it doesn't have love if i but i didn't love others i would be nothing See, while it's true that without faith it is impossible to please God, faith without love is without value. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through, say it, love. So last one here before I get to message number three. All right, we're, we're moving forward here. This is the quickest three-part series you've ever heard. All right. Here it is. Last one in, in this part here is that, uh, of this importance thing is that love is more important than our spiritual accomplishments. Of our spiritual accomplishments. Corinthians 13.3 says, If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I mean to death, I could boast about it. And I was like, well, how could you boast if you're dead? Anyway, we'll leave that one alone. But, but I didn't love others. I would have gained nothing. In other words, if I gave up everything, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, if I just totally emptied out every account and I emptied out every pocket and I laid it all out, but there wasn't love, I actually just gave away everything for nothing. There was no difference. There was no impact because it was messed up. And so he's talking about that, that you would have gained nothing. It, it's more important than just being generous or giving. And they're like, how can it be more important than gen being generous and giving? Because love is what makes it actually work. Otherwise, you're just like anybody else that's being generous and giving. It's a good thing, but it really doesn't have the impact eternally that God wants it to have. You can empty your accounts, but without love, it's just empty. Do you give to be noticed? Do you give because you feel guilty? Do you give because you're afraid that if I don't, God's going to judge me? Because it's kind of a motive thing. Do you give to get? Why do you do what you do? Are, are you doing it all out of duty or a sense of obedience? Are you here today because you feel like you have to or because you want to? That's what, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about, hey, are you motivated by love? That God, I, I, it isn't that I have to, I want to. I've been so touched by the event and the lesson learned at the cross that now, because of that, I have to love. And I think that's what he's getting at here. He's talking about that idea that it's not just duty and obedience. It's something much greater than that. I mean, things like, do you read your Bible so you can say you did it? Because it's possible to be really generous, 
Let me say this. It's possible to be really generous and actually accomplish nothing. What? Because it's missing love. It doesn't have that agape love that has to be part of what's going on. You can be extremely benevolent and not have God's love in you. And you're like, ah, I don't know if I like that because it feels good to be good or give and stuff like that. But if love's not part of it, we miss the power of what it should be all about. Last part. Message number three. All right. The practice of love. So here, this is where Paul unpacks this thing. And this, you know what I was thinking about? How many times have you heard this text at a wedding and about only at a wedding? I was thinking, I don't think I've ever read this other than in the context of that, right? But here's, here's what it says. It says, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, which is interesting. Let me pause right there, because I, I, I did a whole bunch of study on this, this one text this week. And, it, and interesting, because what that talks about is it, it doesn't take pleasure in sitting around talking about all the things that have went wrong for other people. Boy, what a great idea for Christmas. To just avoid that. I don't, I, that's not love. I don't want to be a part. I don't want to be a part of all the conversations that are talking about all the bad things that are happening in people's lives or all the things that are wrong with other people because I don't want to be, a, I, that's not love. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a part of it. And, th- and that's what he was talking about. So it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So let me try to pack this up here. A lot of us are going to go over the next two weeks, and we're going to deal with difficult people. Okay? Don't raise your hands. Don't point at anybody. Just, it's a reality. This time of year can be more stressed than any other time of year because of some of the relationships and the dynamics that we face and the expectations. I mean, me personally, I kind of get to this time of year. I wish I could just fall asleep about a week before Thanksgiving and wake up like mid-January. I'd be totally cool with that, you know. I'm going to talk to my doctor about that next year, see if we can't just joke. Anyway, but a lot of us, we're going to deal over the next couple weeks with difficult people, and for some, it's not a time of rejoicing, but instead it's a time of testing, a time to test my gift of love. Maybe you don't have that yet, and we'll talk about that in just a second, but just remember one simple thought. Love is important. Love is important. More important than slick talk about the debate. If you're thinking, boy, every time I go to Christmas, i got to have the debate. <laughs> i got to have this huge argument about what's right and what's wrong. and all. It's, just don't even go there. It's all about love. More important than, than the slick talk, more important than great understanding. you got all the answers and everybody else is idiots. Just chill out. More than faith, more than generosity, more than accomplishments. We have to be careful that in our times of testing over these next couple of weeks that we don't cancel out the work of love in our lives. We have to be careful. So what do you do? And I just kind of summed up the, that text four to seven in four statements. And here's, here's the four statements. Number one is this. Take your time. Take your time. Have a long fuse for the next couple weeks. Matter of fact, do it all the time, but especially the next couple weeks. Have a long fuse. Go for a walk. 
It escaped to the bathroom a lot. <laughs> right? I mean, have a long fuse. Another part of that is don't be touchy. You know, you're just sitting around at the Christmas holiday time, and you're just waiting for somebody to say that. <laughs> Come on, just chill out. Don't be touchy. You know, here, here's another way to put that is guard your buttons. You know, I think, bless my mom's heart, I think she knows my buttons. So I just gotta, I just gotta embrace, love, and be there. But I gotta guard my buttons and make sure that it doesn't get out of control. And then here's a, here's a good one that goes with this. Take your time. Is maybe you need to count down before you blast off. Just simply slow down. Slow down. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to go into some of the family situations that you're going to face in the next couple weeks, and there's going to be things that have happened over the last 20, 30 years. For you to think that it's all going to work out in the next 10 minutes is probably unrealistic. Or the next two hours. Or the next day. So just chill. Take a chill. Act in love, patience, and kindness, and do that. All right? Take your time. Second one is, and, and this one in includes all these things about not being boast, um, not being rude and demanding and all that. Kind of, respond graciously. Respond graciously. Some things are just left better unsaid. Sometimes just because you know the truth about the situation doesn't need you to blurt it out. I've done that, paid for it dearly. You know, there's other times that if you knew something, and it is, but boy, you better be sure, but graciously respond. Respond graciously. Some things are best, better left unsaid, and here's another one I think about, is avoid blunt force trauma. <laughs> you know? I mean, the aunt, the uncle, the brother, the sister, the cousin walks by, and you've been waiting with that one phrase to them. <laughs> And you're just going to cold cock them. <laughs> just avoid that. That isn't probably the answer, you know. Don't, don't go there, you know. So avoid blunt force trauma. Here's, here's another simple one. Here's another simple one. Say thank you. And please, just be courteous. You know, okay, so what? I don't like that. Thanks. Not, not thanks. Thanks. I know that took a lot of work for you to put that together and make that happen. I know this is a sacrifice for you. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm just being appreciatable. Just saying thank you sometimes can be the response of grace that's going to make the difference that love is alive in that relationship in that time. All right? Here's a third one. Don't make it all about you. <laughs> Don't make it all about you. I mean, one of the things, it says boastful and proud, right? How many of you love those kind of guys? You get around them, you just hang out, and they just got one story after another tooting their own horn. Oh, yeah, well, I did this. Oh, yeah, I did that. Well, hey, why? Like, can you just shut up? Right? This year, do something different. Instead of you tooting your horn and telling your story all the time, tell me your story. Let me hear what's going on in your life. What, 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 what's, what's, what are you excited about? I mean, just ask the questions. I mean, and, and don't make it all about you. If somebody gets a gift that you wish you would have got, the envy part of that, don't freak out. Hey, man, awesome. <laughs> it's not about me. I'm really glad that you're getting that. Then you walk away and go, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so, so don't make it all about you. 
Don't freak out about what you don't have. The last one is this, and we'll close, is hold on to God. I mean, it talks about in our text there, it says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always helpful, endures through every circumstance. Those phrases right there are all about me grabbing a hold of God and say, okay, God, let's get through this. And here's the point, though. Hold on to God is this. When you get with your family this week and next week, here's what you've got to keep telling yourself. God's not done yet. God's not done yet. No matter how crazy and how backwards and upside down what you're facing, what you're going through, no matter what has happened in the past, no matter how stupid it may be, God is not done yet. And I'm going to hold on to God. And I'm going to treat others the way God treats me. I'm not done yet. And I'm going to recognize that. I'm going to realize that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into this year and I'm going to go into this Christmas season realizing that without love, it's all stupid. It's just a gong. And I'm going to look for the best. I'm going to look for the best. I'm going to try to do that. So we got a decision. So here's, here's, here's my challenge. What would happen to your Christmas celebration time if you would make a commitment to allow the gift of love to flow through you this season? What would happen? Don't worry about them because it... What about if you did that? Because we, always, we all want the holidays to be fun and free from drama, but we also all have a gift, a gift and a role to play in making it happen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you today for your word and for your truth. Lord, there are so many of us, Lord, in this room that, Lord, we know it to be true, but sometimes living it out is harder. And so, God, we come to that place where we say, God, show us again the love of Jesus. Show us again, Lord, how much you love us so that somehow we can grab a hold of that love and begin to live it out again and again and again in our relationships and in our lives. And Lord, I pray specifically for those that maybe are in this room today that have never experienced God's love in the event that Jesus Christ provides. And I simply pray with them, saying, Lord, I accept the love of Jesus on the cross for me. I don't deserve it. I can't earn it. There's no way, God, but you chose just to love me because that's who you are. Lord, have your way over the next couple weeks. May we go through the holidays and the, and the celebrations and may love permeate who we are because without it, we're nothing. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. You are the first, you go before, you are the last, Lord, you're the encore, your name's in lights for all to see, the starry host, declare your glory. Glory in the 